0: This is the Influencer Entrepreneurs Podcast with Jenny Melrose, teaching influencers and bloggers how to become successful entrepreneurs. This is episode 108 of the Influencer Entrepreneurs Podcast with Jenny Melrose. Today, I'm going to dive into finding your zone of genius. I have been talking about this a lot, I feel like, recently, and I really want to be able to give you ways in which you can figure out what your zone of genius is. Now, before we dive in, I want to make sure that you are aware that my conference, Influencer Entrepreneurs Academy, is in Charlotte, North Carolina, April 2nd through the 4th of 2019. If you have not gotten your tickets yet, don't. Delay, we are just about full. We only have a couple more seats left. I had opened up more tickets, thought I was only gonna do a certain amount and then decided I wanted, was okay with filling up the room a little bit more. My introvert self didn't totally freak out with the number that we've now opened it up to. So if you are looking to attend a conference where you are going to not only hear from experts in the industry being able to give you strategies but then also to be able to put those strategies in place before you leave while having the opportunity to sit with a group of women that are going to be able to be at the same point in their businesses and to be able to reinforce whether you're in the right going in the right direction with how you are implementing those strategies that I'm telling telling. you, this is the conference for you. So if you click over to the show notes, we will make sure to have it linked up there and you will be able to head on over to Influencer Entrepreneurs Academy to be able to attend in person a conference so that you can really get to know yourself and others in the industry because it's lonely out there and we want to be able to create those relationships and understand a bit more about what other people are doing in their business, what successes they are seeing. So make sure that you hop on over to that. All right, you guys, let's dive right into how to find your zone of genius. The first place that we need to understand is when I say your zone of genius, we kind of need to be on a similar ground or level as far as understanding what I'm talking about. Your zone of genius is something that comes naturally to you. It's easy. It gives you energy and you get excited to be able to do and to step into those sorts of tasks or activities. So I want to give you an example before we get started and it's my story. Many of you know that I was a former inner city school district teacher. I loved to teach. I loved my students. I just didn't like administration. I had a taught in a school district where Majority of my students received free and reduced lunch, which meant, of course, they were low income. Many of them came from broken families and had hard lives. I can remember having a, uh, he was at one point with a second grader. By the time I left, he was in fifth grade. But as a second grader, he was getting himself up for school and making himself breakfast and walking himself to school. Uh, there was parents weren't, Taking care, he was walking his younger brother that was in kindergarten, getting his younger brother dressed and out the door. There wasn't someone that was there that was able to check his homework and to make sure that he was actually following through and getting a good breakfast or getting a good night's sleep. So, I definitely worked with students that struggled uh, as a reading specialist. My students were pretty much at least two grade levels below in reading. And out of a school of 300 students, my first year teaching, I had a roster of 250 students. So yes, there were 300 students in the school and 250 of them were qualified for my services. And I was the sole reading specialist in the building at that time. It to say that I was set up for failure would be an understatement when I could had to walk into a third grade classroom where out of 27 students, 19 of them qualified for my services, where I was supposed to be working in small group. But in reality, I had to take over their classes. I had to take over the teachers' classes. And when I first started teaching, I was one of the youngest in the building at 28. I was very young in the building. New York teachers have a tendency to stay teachers as long as they possibly can because they get a great retirement by doing it that way. So it led to me at 28 being one of the youngest, which is crazy to me, of course now. But um, I had to find a way in order to get those teachers that had been teaching for a long time to be able to trust me to come into their classrooms and take over for them, and to not hurt their feelings and make them feel as if they were less. um, because as a reading specialist, I had to put them, all these different kids into groups and take over for 45 minutes of their day, ruin in their minds, ruin their day and put a cramp into their schedules. Um, for those of you that are teachers, I'm sure you're kind of shaking your heads going, oh my God, I can't even imagine. Um, and I did this for, I was working with kindergarten through fifth grade. I did it in every single classroom. So it was a bit crazy, but I, I loved being able to work with my students. They, I was the type of teacher where the, my kids obviously were below grade level. They weren't able to achieve what they needed to be able to achieve. But there were reasons for that. There was a rough home life, and I knew that. And I, the students that I really got along well with were the ones that had the Probably most t- teachers would label them as the bad kid. They were the ones that were acting out and felt disrespected by their students and by other teachers and normally we spent time going down to the principal's office or whatever else it might be. Those were the students that I got along with really, really well that understood that I respected them. And it was because I was able to find, I've always tried to find a way in which I could teach at their level to get them to understand that if they're not good at listening to me just teach them, then I need to be able to show them or I need to get them active. A lot of these kids were very athletic and they were very street smart to the point where, They would probably try, if I walked down the wrong street in a bad neighborhood, they would intervene and try to make sure that I would be going down a different street or whatever it might be. Um, So because of that, I used my multiple intelligences and taught at where their level was and what they could understand to be able to take in to be able to continue learning. And the reason I tell you this story is because teaching is my zone of genius. It is my I can step into it and get so much energy from it because it doesn't matter who I'm working with, whether I am working with a fifth grader that is reading at a first grade level and has a ton of bad behaviors, or if I'm now working with a client that has a list of 20,000 and sees a million page views, but maybe struggles with the tech side of understanding how they can be able to create a product and be able to use it to their ability. I'm able to find a way in which I can communicate with them and teach them a strategy that can get them to the next level. And I've always been able to do that. It gives me energy. So I wanted to be able to tell you that story because I want you to start looking at yourself. What is your zone of genius? And there are a couple questions that I want you to answer. Now, if you click over to the show notes, don't do it if you're driving. Obviously, if you're listening to the podcast, I don't want you driving and trying to click over the show notes. But when you get home, I want you to click over the show notes because I have a worksheet that is going to be there for you that is called How to Find Your Zone of Genius. And it's going to ask you the questions that I'm going to walk you through right now, but it also has the space for you to write out your answers, to be able to brain dump and just get your words on paper so that you can take a look at it. When you step into your zone of genius, I have witnessed it so many times over the past six months in my mastermind groups to the point where uh, they'll come to the group with this idea and I get goosebumps. I can feel it that it's their zone of genius. Many of them have started new parts of their businesses because they realized that that's what they were so good at. They started offering services or a product that was directly meant for that zone of genius. And what will often happen is when you step into that zone of genius, whether it's a new product, new service that you're offering, or just even content, it will take off it will go viral. You will have new clients, new income coming in that it might be hard for you even to keep up with. So really, I want you to make sure that you grab this worksheet and fill it out so that you can start to figure out what your zone of genius is. So the first question I'm going to ask you is what comes naturally or easily to you? What do you can you sit down and do in seconds that maybe other people cannot? Um, Are you amazing at photography or do take doing video? Are you really competent in Facebook ads? Are you amazing at Pinterest? I want you to start looking at what comes really naturally to you. Doesn't cause you any stress to sit down. You wish you could do it all day long rather than having to do everything else. Maybe it's just creating content. Maybe you love to write. Start looking at what it is that you find that comes really easily or naturally to you. The next question is, what do you repeatedly get asked to do or about? So I want you to start listening to your audience. And If you're not giving your audience a chance to interact and engage with you, you need to make sure that you are using Instagram stories to the best best of your ability. Instagram stories, you've heard me talk about multiple times. There's tons of podcast episodes about Instagram stories because right now it is the where people are engaging. People are watching stories and they are interacting. Um, I put up a story probably six hours ago. Um, it was a group of stories about my training that I'm doing. And I only have, I think, about 2,500 maybe followers on my Jenny Melrose Instagram account. And I have gotten at least 10 to 15 DMs of people asking me for the link because I said to them, DM me for the link, and I had given them all the information and asked questions and got them to interact and engage with me. You need to start doing that so that you can give them a chance to ask you things. Do the questions portion inside of um, Instagram stories. Do a poll. Start getting them talking to you, or if you have a list, get them talking to you that way. Uh, If you do Facebook lives, Start asking them questions so that you can see what they're asking you about. What is it that they really want to know? Once you start paying attention to those questions that you're routinely getting asked, you easily go to answer That's a sign. That's probably something that you're really, really strong in. If you listened to the last podcast episode interview, and I I hope she won't kill me for sharing her story, but Jen Slavage did an interview with me last week talking about how to grow your email list. And if you didn't listen to that podcast episode, make sure that you do, and we will link to it in the show notes. But Jen. Uh, was in a mastermind over a year ago with me, one of my scalar mastermind programs. And the group was asking, someone asked about how to grow her list, uh, possible opt-ins, what would that look like, what her welcome sequence. And Jen could rip off the answers like no one I've ever heard. She has, she understands her list, her open rate is amazing and her click-through rate is fabulous and she talked about in that last podcast episode this is not someone who has over a hundred thousand page views this is someone who has had smaller page views and was still able to grow her list to over 10,000 which is a massive list so I want you um to really start to pay attention to what are the questions that you're being asked what can you answer and you think to yourself when they ask that question How do they not know this? Guys, this is why I stepped into talking about pitching. This is why Pitch Perfect Pro was developed. I was constantly getting messages via direct message, Facebook, Instagram, getting asked afterwards after I spoke at a conference about how to pitch a brand. And in my mind, I was thinking, well, you just send an email and ask them things. But it didn't come naturally to other people to be that direct and be structured in what they were trying to pitch. They had never really pitched themselves or weren't comfortable pitching themselves. So, so really start to pay attention to the questions that you're being asked by others. Um, Mary O'Dat White is another great example. She was in a mastermind that I facilitated, and we, someone asked a question about SEO, and Mary ripped off an answer. And then was like, oh, let me show you. And she screen-shared for us and went into Google Search Console and had to go past over 700 posts that weren't on the first page of Google. There were 700 posts that were on the first page of Google. She was trying to show us a post that wasn't on the first page so that she could show us tactics and strategies to put in place in order to get on the first page. And I, we all sat back and I was flabbergasted. I couldn't believe what she was showing me. And I it interrupted her before she even started teaching us the strategies. And I said, you just went past 700 posts. And she said, yeah, no, and I, I had this say, no, you don't understand. No one goes past 700 posts that are on the first page of Google. And it was that our words, saying to her, we don't know this. We don't know how to do this. The way that you are doing this to get on that first page is amazing. We want to learn from you. How are you doing this? She assumed that everyone knew the strategies that she was teaching, when in reality, we didn't. And she started to really get an understanding of how little we knew when we kept asking those questions. And repeatedly, people, it, it wasn't, this was a mastermind group of six women that were making probably close to six. at that time on their blogs from traffic and ads coming through. So the fact that we were high-performing bloggers that were professional and then could turn to her and say, no, we don't know how to do this, she started to listen. And that's where Search Engine Seduction, her course came from. So really start listening to what people are asking you about. And if you're thinking, well, you've given me an example of how you can help bloggers, I have other clients that are not just helping bloggers. I have clients that are being asked specifically of how they can turn um, recipes into, instead of just being straight vegan, maybe they want it to be vegetarian, maybe they want it to be um, something that their whole family will be able to eat, and to be able to teach them how to meal prep for that. Whatever your audience is asking you, start listening so you can deliver. I have another client that's a has Um, background in special education and her site talks about special education lessons. She noticed that she was routinely getting asked the same questions and put together a product for them that answered them. Those questions they're asking you is a problem that they have and guys when you create a product that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to solve a problem for your audience so start listening to those questions so that you can step into your zone of genius. The last question that I want to ask you is what gives you energy? And people look at me and say, well, I don't know. What what are you talking about energy? Coffee gives me energy. No, that's not what I'm talking about. (laughs) What I'm talking about what gives you energy is you get excited to do something. You get excited to be able to talk to or do something. And afterwards, you're not exhausted by it. Instead, you're amped up and ready for the next one. And for me... That was working one-on-one with clients and being able to talk to them and get them thinking about the, how to push them outside of their comfort zone. I wake up in the morning and I'm excited when I see all the clients that I have that I get to work with one-on-one with. Some people turn away from doing one-on-one. They feel like it takes up their time. It's draining to just have to work with someone for 60 minutes and dive into their core, their um, products or services they offer for their site. That is not me. Other people may get energy from doing an Instagram Live. I have a client that loves doing Instagram Lives. She will do a cooking show, she will answer questions, it gets her amped up. So now we're working on a product where she will be coming to them and interacting with them live and being able to draw them in and have a service that she is fulfilling for them. You have to start thinking about, okay, what gets me excited? Guys, I've said it so many times and I I think that people think I'm crazy when I say this, but I didn't start blogging because I wanted to feel like I was in the rat race or on a hamster wheel where I was doing the work thing, you know, the grind. For me, blogging was an opportunity to give out my passion, to figure out and to put it out into the world and help other people solve their problems. If that's why you started this, get back to that. What gets you so excited? Why did you start this? What are you, what problem are you solving for your audience? And start to pay attention to how you are feeling when you're doing certain activities. If you're scheduling Pinterest and you're like, oh, I don't want to do this. Yeah, that's not giving you energy that's not your zone of genius then, okay? But if you get excited when you get to write a meal plan that you're going to write out for your audience that gives all different um, instructions on how to do it with your kids or whatever it might be, then that's your zone of genius. That could very well be something that you need to look at and see, how can I make this into a product? Can I do a membership site? Can I put together a course? Could I do some video trainings? What would that look like? So, What I need you guys to do is I need you to make sure that you hop over to the show notes when you get a chance and fill out this worksheet. Now, if you're sitting thinking, I don't know the answers to any of these questions, and I don't think I would be able to fill out that worksheet even if I sat there for an hour and tried to fill it out. Well, I need you to start paying attention to it, then. Start thinking about these questions that I'm asking, you may not be able to answer them right now, but maybe a month from now, you can start paying attention to what your audience is asking you and where you are getting energy. And I want you to have that worksheet right on your your desk. Keep it next to you so that you can jot down notes of when all of a sudden you get a burst of energy and get excited about something. You need to be writing down those and you have to just be conscious of it. If you're just going through the motions and you're not paying attention and this isn't in the forefront of your mind, you're probably, you may not be able to answer these questions and that's okay. But I want you to start paying attention to it. I want you to start to look and see where do you all of a sudden get a huge burst of energy and what questions are, is your audience sending to you via Instagram or via your email? And what just, what comes easily? What do you find is something that you would like to do for hours on end? When you step back and start actually looking at it from that standpoint, I'm telling you, you will find these answers. Will they come immediately? No, I can tell you I've had a client that was in a Mastermind, Scalar Mastermind program for two different sessions. So she was with me for a year and she wanted a product or service, but we kept saying, I don't know what it is. And I told her, that's okay. We just need to listen to our audience. We need to figure out what we love to do and then figure it out. And when she came to us in October and said, this is what I think I'm going to do, I got the goosebumps. I could read her and the goosebumps don't just come because I have this spidery intuition where I know when something's going to work for someone. That's not what I'm telling you. I got those goosebumps because I could see it on her face. I could see the excitement about what she wanted to do. And it got me to have those goosebumps to feel excited for her because that's what this is about, you guys. Um, I love being able to create content where you can grow your business. But I love even more when I can see that growth and the support within a community, within my tribe, within my group of influencer entrepreneurs, which is what you all are. I hope you realize that, that as a podcast listener, you are an influencer entrepreneur. This podcast is meant for you because I want to see you step into your zone of genius. You guys, I appreciate you all so much for listening. I want to see you listening to the podcast. Do a screenshot, put it up on Instagram stories, tag me at Jenny underscore Melrose. And if you are looking to attend a conference this year in 2019, where you can really get some good personal relationships going with professional bloggers and hear from experts where you're going to be able to put strategies in place, definitely join me at Influencer Entrepreneurs Academy here in Charlotte, North Carolina in April of 2019. All right, guys, I appreciate y'all so much. Until next time, I will see you all then.